This is the B-Team Podcast, brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated. The B-Team is presented by Drake's Place in Battle, South Dakota, and sponsored by Jackrabbit Central and Shenanigans in Sioux Falls. Now, here are your B-Team hosts, Brendan and Ben. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the B-Team Podcast. I'm Brendan, as always, with Ben. We are part of the Splitting Hairs Podcast. Brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated and our title sponsors, Drake's Place in Bottle, South Dakota, and Cottonwood Coffee Bistro in Brookings, South Dakota. Um, great places to get food and grub and Cottonwood Coffee Bistro. Get your online orders in. Get in there for some breakfast, lunch, or dinner during the week or before Jack or get Jack Rabbit game days and have a good time or order some K cups from them. I uh, apologize if I have background noise going on. We're moving in. I am officially in South Dakota, Ben, and it feels good. Yes, out of enemy territory. I love it. Yeah, I haven't had a cleansing ceremony yet, so I'm still pretty disgusting. But uh, you know, we'll we'll wash all that off here soon enough. Well, yeah, I appreciate you hopping on. Uh, yeah, for people who don't know, Brendan just moved today, um, so his his house is probably a disaster. But he's dedicated to you, the fans. So he hopped on, and we're gonna give it a go. You know me, I'm out of people. I got to give the people what they want or don't want. You know, I really like to give people more what they don't want if I can. So I am here <laughs> just to be that guy. You know, that's what I'm here for. Yeah. Well, it was fun seeing you at the tailgate too. Finally showed up to one of those. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, but yeah, it was a good time. Um, got your, your hats all spray painted black, part of the blackout. Right. Which I'm, I'm proud of our fans for. It was a late effort, and it wasn't a complete effort, I wouldn't say. But I was pretty no. satisfied with the amount of black that I saw in the stands. I mean, there was a decent amount. You could tell it was not communicated very well. Right. Um, that just kind of is the long and short of it. Um, kind of spur of the moment thing. Kind of the more and more you hear. Sounded like it was kind of a last-minute thing by a student organization. And the students balled out like the whole student section was blacked out. So that part was super successful. Um, you know, I, I know Matt said in their pod with the A team, I hope they do it again. And I hope, um, you know, they start planning these things, put them on the tickets when you send them out with the uh, um, season tickets, have this done ahead of time. I know now uh, the student section is doing a camo game for the Pheasant State stuff, which I think it's a great move. We got pheasant opener coming up. Embrace it. Um, you know, I know um, I've talked to people. I know you and I generally are big. We're we're blue and yellow. Mm-hmm. Those are our colors. Let's keep those on the jerseys. But pheasant opener, I think it would be sick to have the blaze orange and tan in a jersey with a special one-off helmet. You auction them off. Um, have it sponsored by, you know, Pheasants Forever or somebody like that. Have them buy the jerseys for the game. Like, that's yeah. their contribution. Right? And then you can auction off the jerseys, make the profit on it. They get their name on it, all that stuff. I mean, we've already got the Beef Bowl and the Dairy Bowl. 
pheasant hunting is as much a part of South Dakota as the beef and dairy industry is like, and it's not even close. So make it a big event, make it a later game. So that way people have got their limit and are coming back. Cause let's be honest, if you're a South Dakota pheasant hunter and know where you're going, you're going to be limited out before four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> Otherwise, what are you doing? Um, I'm not one of those guys. I'm just saying the people who know what they're doing. I, I'm the idiot who wanders around blaze orange on, but, <laughs> um, you know, but, uh, you know, something like that would be awesome in my opinion. No, I agree. Uh, yeah. And I think, I mean, with the, uh, amount of, you know, hunters that we have, like they would just eat those, the pheasant related and hunting related jerseys up, like it would be a huge oh, yeah. thing and it would be a lot of fun and everybody's got blaze orange and camo anyway. So make, I mean, if we're going to do anything outside of blue and yellow, have it be pheasant related or hunting related. Right. Like that's, I mean, that makes sense to me. Right. A hundred percent. You know, that makes, that makes a huge amount of sense. I think you'd get huge support of it. Um, and all that. Um, Brad Koenig says the Edmonton Elks up in the CFL are going to warm up in orange jerseys and change the green and green and auction them off. I say wear them the whole game. Personally, mm-hmm. I mean that you there there are some really cool opportunities with those jersey combos, like the black jerseys. I think we can all agree we can. I love I love the look of the tops. Right, mm-hmm. those tops are sweet. Um, we just never play well enough. And we mm-hmm. don't have a combo to go with them that looks good. Like the best one was the black pants, but even then it was like the, the pants were half-assed and they just kind of slapped black pants on so they looked like tights and they didn't have any real color differentiation between the blue stripe and whatever was on there um, and all that jazz. So personally, I, I would be very okay. Excuse my dog shaking in <laughs> the background. Clay, get, get. But um, anyways, there he goes. But uh, we did we did finally play well in black jerseys. After the first quarter. True. I the defense did, played well the whole game. Did have me worried in the first quarter there. But, um, yeah, yeah, a little sluggish coming out. And, you know, I think Dixie State, credit to them. I think they did some things that confused us a little bit. Um, maybe caught us off guard. And it took us a while to kind of realize it and you know make adjustments to it um but as soon as we did you know we were off and running after that and it was just kind of a game over but um i mean i i don't think dixie state's a terrible team they got some athletes Mm -hmm. and they've got some good coaching that you know obviously came up with some schemes to confuse us you know as we've seen with the other games they've played they've they put up some good fights and so you know again like like we said against indiana state like, yeah, we dominated Indiana State, and it's easy to say, well, we should have dominated them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's easy to say, well, we should have beat Dixie State 55-7, to but at the same time, it's like if our defense isn't as stout and as consistent as they are, that game could have gone a lot differently. Well, and, you know, there's a couple things about that game. Chris and, and the receivers were really close on two huge passes. I mean, just a foot or two carried them out of bounds a little far. If those hit... We probably don't feel quite as angsty about it. Probably um, not. You know, and you look at those games. I really think the first quarter was realistically just a product of three games in a row and a bye week in there where we haven't faced really tough competition. I mean, 
Indiana State's no joke, but in the end, we are far more talented than they are at the moment, you know? Um, and after a while, having to get up game after game and not be sloppy and be crisp, I think is really, really hard to do after four weeks of either nothing or a D2 team or a D2 transitioning team or probably one of the worst teams in the Valley. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I think that's really tough to do. I think against Southern Illinois, that's going to be completely turned around because we know that they're a, they're a monster coming in here. But something I want to bring up, because you hear about all these stats about these other defenses across the FCS, right? You hear about Montana's defense. You hear about NDSU's, the, that team up there. You hear about their defense and all that stuff. You hear about um, James Madison's defense, Sam Houston State's defense. Oh, they're awesome. They're awesome. They're awesome. They're awesome. Here's stats, 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 stats. Well, here's some fun stats. Granted, we played a D2 transitioning team and a D2 team in there, but we also played an FBS team and we played a Missouri Valley team. Against Colorado State, our starters played for three quarters, correct? Mm-hmm. Dixie State, we played two quarters, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, Lindenwood, we played two quarters. Indiana State was three quarters. How many points have our starters given up? Total, with an FBS in there. Trivia time got to be like 28 or less 10 points 10 if you take the first half of of lindenwood of dixie and the first three quarters of indiana state there's a grand total of zero points scored on this defense colorado skate state court scored 10 points in the third quarter we all know they scored their run of points in their big drives once the starters got pulled Mm-hmm. So they've given up 10 points total, which is incredible. Granted, they haven't played the entirety of those games because we're we're getting second teamers incredibly valuable reps. Mm-hmm. But that is really impressive stuff that I think this defense is this defense nationally is getting completely overlooked for how good it really is. And even by us a little bit, because we're always, you know, the offense has been so good. I mean, we're putting mm-hmm. up ridiculous numbers. This defense might be one of the best ones we've ever had. No, I agree. And I think it goes back to, you know, we've talked about it a bunch, but our defensive line being as deep as it is and as good as it is, mm-hmm. it's that's where it starts. And it's all driven from there. Um, being able to keep guys fresh and being able to not have that drop off in talent is just completely invaluable. And, you know, it makes the linebacker's job easier and makes the cornerback's job easier when we are just completely shutting down the run. I think what they have like zero zero rushing yards at Dixie State. Which is um, ridiculous. I don't care if you're playing a Pop Warner team. No, it's crazy. And uh, yeah, I mean, they've just been, if you can't run against us, good luck throwing because you you don't have much time to throw either. And so, you know, it's uh, it's a tough assignment for offenses and, you know, it'll be a big test. We'll get into the Southern Illinois game later. And, you know, you talk about being overlooked. I mean, if they play like that against Southern Illinois, people start to take notice because Southern Illinois has got a good offense. But we'll talk about Southern Illinois later. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Um, we had some big games this weekend, though, outside of ourselves that were a lot of fun to watch. Um, we picked them. Our picks, uh, I don't think they went quite as well as we hoped, per se. They didn't go as well. Uh, one more thing before you go past Dixie State. Oh, sorry. Um, 
Yeah, don't get ahead of yourself there. I'm, dude, I've been ahead of myself for the last three days. I have been <laughs> tripping over my feet. It's not it, – yeah, you stop me whenever you need to. Just... I, I believe it. No worries. I'll, I'll keep you keep you <laughs> on schedule. Um, so one thing I did want to say is uh, shout-out to uh, Stephen – I think it's RL or RL. I don't know how you say his last name. And Dallas Beanham. Um, they looked very good in replacement of Don Gardner, mm-hmm. uh, which was, you know, a big concern because Don Gardner is a very good cornerback. He goes out with a broken forearm and we need guys to step up. And those guys looked really good. Granted, it was against Dixie State, but RL's he had seven tackles and in interception. Beanham had two tackles and it, it picked six. Um, so it's just so key to have guys that can step in and not have a big drop off in talent. Um, and it's, I think it speaks to the, um, you know, it's, it's a selling point for recruiting in terms of, uh, you know, saying, Hey, look, we need, you know, yes, we have the starter that may be in front of you, but we need depth because uh, injuries happen. And if we want to win championships, we have to have the talent depth there in order to keep, you know, keep what we've got going. And, you know, and it convinces guys to not transfer, you know, we've we've had issues with quarterback depth because that's, but that's because we've had quarterback quarterbacks transfer out because they thought they needed to start and they weren't going to start. So they said, fine, I'm going to go play somewhere else. If they would have stayed, they could, I mean, how many, I bet there's, I bet we could think of two or three names that probably would have started or would have came in for Gronowski in that championship game if they would have stayed. Right. They might have had, they'd have had a real, um, at least a real shot to be in the mix, which um, shout out to Keaton Heidi. I mean, that guy's really stuck with it um, with all the reps that he's been getting uh, in the spring or in the spring in, in this fall here in the cleanup time, shout out to the coaches who are putting actual, plays in and having them run pass plays and things like that. I think they realize, Hey, this guy needs game reps. He needs to get some rhythm. He's got to get used to playing. And he's really looked much improved. I would say since from the Colorado state game through the Dixie state game, he's been making a lot better throws, reads and plays since that started. Yeah. I just think it's important, you know, in, in the, the era of college football we're in now, where it just seems like guys are transferring all over the place Right, it's like you're one injury away from being a major contributor on a you know championship level team, and it's mm-hmm. like you know, do you want to do that or do you want to go start for some other podunk team or whatever? You know, it's uh, I know it's a tough decision, but I think it's it's important, you know, and it really is highlighted when we have as many major injuries as we have and have needed mm-hmm. guys to step in like that. It's just it just kind of highlights the importance of having that depth of talent, which credit to our recruiting coaches. I mean, we've built that and it's, it's key. It's, you're not going to win a championship without it. Well, it's the recruiting. It's the, it's the team. It's the culture that the guys have on the team. I mean, when you have, um, and you know, this is a little bit counter what we're talking about when you have Chris Oladokun come in and he talks and, and some of these guys come in from places that if you talk to kids from Chicago and you're like, Hey, Come, come go to school in South Dakota. They're gonna no, that's not gonna happen. Like nobody from a big city is like, yeah, South Dakota sounds phenomenal. Let's mm-hmm. go. But they show up on campus and they get around the culture and the team and they fall in love with it. 
and they really do stick. I mean, yeah, we've lost a couple quarterback uh, guys from the team and things like that, but realistically, overall, especially when the transfer portal opened big time this spring, comparatively speaking, we didn't lose a lot of guys, and I think that's a huge, huge culture and team thing, not just the coaches. I'm talking the players on down. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to have guys out there you want to play with to be sticking around like they – like this and it's and it's showing on the field with the depth we have when Don went down and how everybody stepped up in the defensive backfield that was incredible and it shows the depth of talent we have and athletes we have back there yeah and I will say you know you, you bring up Oladokun transferring in and and that that's the exception I mean that's not that's not who right. South Dakota State is no it took it took two quarterbacks tearing their ACLs and being out for a whole season for for us to need a transfer so I mean it's it's rare that that's going to happen, and it's just it's not who we are normally. But uh, so it looks like Chad's got a question about Chris Oladokun here. He asks, "Is Chris starting to feel himself a bit? Two games that they were a bit off from before, or am I just worrying too much?" Um, you know, I I wouldn't read into it too much. You know, I think the bar that he set with that Colorado State game was probably extremely high um, right. which is awesome that he set that expectation and but and we and we hold him to it but it's all at the same time it's like when you sit back and look at his stats if you didn't hold him to that expectation of that Colorado State game you'd be like man he's playing really well the guy right. doesn't he doesn't even have an interception yet doesn't have a turnover right and i think he's he they've given up i mean credit to the offensive line too but it's partially him as has only been one sack given up Right. And it's like that doesn't happen unless you're a, a good quarterback. And so, you know, have some throw, throws looked off, sure, but it's not outside of the realm of, uh, a, you know, what a good quarterback does every once in a while. So I, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. You know, I don't know if it's, you know, if you want to say starting to feel himself a little bit, I mean, you could point out the offensive line as well. Um, and realistically, the whole offense. I mean, uncharacteristic penalties, things like that. And I don't even know. I, I'm not so sure that's just them feeling themselves or kind of what I was talking about before. Um, he wasn't he wasn't sharp, but you notice when a quarterback's not sharp way more than if you notice if the left guard isn't sharp because that's what we focus on, right? So if your quarterback is off on his throws on crossing routes, you're going, what the hell? He never does this. Well, if your guard is a half step slow on his reach block, yeah, you'll notice he gets bubbled back a lot, but you're not gonna, it's not going to jump into your face quite as much unless he's getting blown by, which is the equivalent of a quarterback throwing it to the other team five times in a row, right? So I think overall the team itself wasn't mentally sharp especially for this Dixie State game, um, and then kind of had to be knocked into the game a little bit. Um, one thing I did want to shout out from that game, because I do feel like coming into Southern Illinois now with them talking about their five-headed dragon and whatever, and I have a buddy who has a saying that involves five-something dragon when he's got to go to the bathroom really bad, and I can't stop. That's what I hear every time I see their five-headed dragon thing. But uh, anyways, that's not here. That's neither here nor there. But it involves urination. Uh, so, <laughs> um, I think they'll be a lot sharper uh, for this game coming up. You know, again, again, Southern Illinois, because now I think everybody realizes, okay, it's it's 
it's go time. Yeah, I would think so too, you know, and it always seems to, you know, when we get in the heart of Valley play, you know, it, it just gets turned up a notch and the focus really you know, starts to zone in. Um, so yeah, I would, I would expect nothing less from our guys. Um, one final thought on the Dixie state game. Um, it's nice to see Amar Johnson and even angel angel Johnson, not related, but, um, they, they both look pretty good in, um, you know, spelling strong and getting some carries, uh, which is, uh, just essential, you know, getting those in before Valley games mm-hmm. and, you know, having those guys get those reps and get, get ready to go. Cause we're going to need them. I mean, yeah. strong, I think we've held him. He's only had 55 carries. I think I saw in four games, which yep. is really, really good. That's a good, yep. you know, keeping his carries down when we don't need him to have a bunch of carries. They've done a great job of that, especially after Davis went out. Um, and so I think we'll see his carries start to tick up, but you know, he can't carry the ball the whole game. So it's going to be real, real key to have Amar Johnson and potentially Angel Johnson too. Um, and even Burry, um, take some carries away from strong. So it was good to see those guys um, have some success too. Cause I think they were both around five to six um, yards per carry. Both the Johnsons were. So it'll be an interesting to see if they can keep that up against the Missouri Valley play. Yeah. And it's good to get them knocked around in real college ball a little bit mm-hmm. before they really get smacked by some nasty Valley linebackers, you know? Yep. Um, so they're, they're used to the speed of the game a little bit. I tell you what I was my, my final thought on the Dixie state game, what I was the most, the final, final thought, right? Because you yeah. had the final, so I'll final, final it. I'll triple stamp your double stamp. Um, <laughs> and, uh, or the finally final thought team. Um, boy, how nice is it to have, a serious threat at punt returner with Feldcamp. Yeah. Cause I mean, it clean up the penalties. And I don't think I didn't, I haven't rewatched it, but I don't think those penalties necessarily affected those plays or popped those plays open. No, he's just dangerous. And I can't remember in this isn't to say anybody else wasn't great, but I think the last time it's kind of rare to have a punt returner. That is a real threat to pop big yards. Every time you punt him the ball. Hmm. You know, you don't have that every year. I think uh, Jackson's first year as a punt returner, and that was kind of a stretch of three games. And then he got kind of butterfingers a little bit. Um, and then maybe Cade Johnson before that. And then, gosh, you got to go back a ways before that, before you get to some of these right. really dangerous electric guys back there. And that is that is something I'm excited about. Yeah. Yeah, and, and thank goodness they found somebody that's not a starter and key contributor. Like right. we were, <laughs> we were shouting for it. We're like, please just find a non-starter and which they still have uh, Jaden Yonke out there on kickoffs. It's like, oh yeah, dude, come on. Like, and I he, thought he was hurt that first if, kick return. Yeah. I'm like, it's what like, is he returning kicks down, against like, Dixie State for? Come on. This is, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't like it, but anyway, uh, we've, we've beat that horse enough. But yes, I am excited about Feldcamp, and yeah, hopefully we can finish clean up those penalties. Um, I think as a whole, Stig is probably all over the guys in terms of cleaning up penalties because they were, you know, in terms of having that slow start in the first quarter, there were plenty of penalties that kind of screwed up some drives too. So, um, absolutely, I expect our guys to be a lot more sharp coming into Saturday. But that's enough about Dixie State. Uh, let's move on to our picks, which. We didn't do great. We went three and four. 
Yep. Um, not Someone terrible. tried to cheat me. I did. I I, <laughs> I had the wrong thing. I was I was kind of excited because I thought Brennan's record was two and five, and I was <laughs> ready to just lay it on. Three and Boo, four. Cheater. Three and four doesn't look near as bad as two and five. You gotta go recheck these records. <laughs> So uh, the first game was Montana went to Eastern Washington, which was a huge uh, highlight for FCS. It was on ESPN2. It was a late-night game, but it was still cool. Um, I was tired from the day and going tailgating and stuff, and so I didn't watch the whole thing. But I tuned in for a short period of time. I burnt my retinas, and then I turned it away. Because <laughs> that field is so bad. I don't I love care. It. I Dude, I love it. It's, I don't know. It's a gimmick. It, it is. It is what it is. I, I just, I'm fine. Like Boise State, that's also a gimmick. But at least it right. doesn't burn your eyes when you watch it. Well, see, the, yeah, I, I don't love the red. It's not my favorite colored field. Generally, though, honestly, I am a fan of colored fields. On, I, I Especially in FCS, I kind of wish there was more of them because. Yeah. FCS is a little bit of a niche division of football, right? Mm-hmm. Embrace it, you know. And before they jumped Coastal Carolina, they they did it, you know. Mm-hmm. University of uh, Central Arkansas is the birthday cake, which I think is really cool, you know. Uh, so I I get a kick out of it. Um, it is a little hard to watch sometimes, but that game I watched uh, I watched a little bit of it. Definitely not as I was driving, but it you know as I was on the way home, I might have saw mm-hmm. some of it. Um, holy crap, are they fat? Like the the skill guys for the receivers for Eastern Washington are fast, and that was a fun game. And I ended up listening to the rest of it, and that was a really fun game. You kind of missed out if you didn't watch that game. Yeah, I didn't get the second half. I just watched the first half. Um, second half ended up being real exciting. Um, so Mont- Montana, I believe, was up for a bit, and then yeah, they so- led most of the game. Yeah. Until like the last half of the fourth quarter, maybe. Yeah. And then, so Eastern Washington came back and the Montana even had a chance to win it at the end. Um, But Eastern Washington did end up winning 34 to 28. Um, One more thought on the fields. How does nobody have a black field yet? Uh, It would have to be, I think it'd have to be an indoor team. And I think that's the only reason why, because that field gets so hot. So uh, hot. It'd be like playing on a parking lot. I didn't think about the heat aspect. On average, that field's going to be a darker black than your than your asphalt is in a parking lot. Probably. So you can imagine how hot that baby would get. Like sure. Idaho State or Idaho could do it, but mm-hmm. I don't like it, it'd have to be an indoor stadium. It looked cool. Yeah. It looked really cool. It looked like yeah. uh NFL Blitz. Yeah. I'm just surprised nobody's done it yet. I actually looked it up and there's a high school in I think Oregon that did it, and it looks awesome. So well, yeah. it'll be interesting to see as teams replace their fields if anybody else does it. Um, so Eastern Washington did end up covering that game. Um, the next game that we picked was uh, Missouri State at Illinois State, and Missouri State kind of whooped them, forty-one to twenty. Uh, yeah, they're dangerous. They're a dangerous team. Mm-hmm. Um, they're uh, Patino's got them. Uh, or not Patino, Patrino has them, uh, yeah, has them clicking. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, 41 to 20 is a pretty good win. And uh, granted, 
Illinois State's got its issues, you know, as we talked about this back thing ever since the spring, they've just been kind of in a funk and they may end up being a bottom three Valley team, which is kind of crazy because, I mean, since we've joined the Valley, Illinois State's been top three every year. Right. But they've always been projected top three. Yeah. I don't think they've finished top three very often outside of when they had James Robinson. Who really? Am I, mean, I misremembering Illinois State's success? Well, let's just, I mean, they're always ranked highly in the preseason. And then they seem, I think if you go back, I mean, after James Robinson, Robin, Robinson, 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 yeah. Yeah. After he left, who's obviously like a generational sort of talent. I mean, he right. walked into, I mean, he's, a star in Jacksonville. Right. Um, you lose somebody like that off of an FCS roster and you're not South Dakota state, then it's hard to replace. No, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, in all seriousness, I, I don't think they've done much since, I mean, they've been good. They've been tough. They've been really good and tough teams. I just don't think, mm-hmm. I don't remember them being like top two or three very regularly. Not I'll at the have- end of the I'll have to go back and look sometime. Maybe I'm misremembering, but I but I don't remember. I mean, they did. Well, that's a spring that doesn't count. Um, yeah, I well, they were top three in 2019. Oh. <laughs> Does somebody else have it for us? No, oh, but no. Uh, Brad says, "Did you read the burn by the Eastern Washington fan after the win? Tell Bobby Hawk that he wasn't playing Bemidji State, which isn't fair." Because Bemidji won their game, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, for those of you who forget when uh, when Bobby Hawk 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 won uh, played in Montana beat Washington, he said this isn't Bemidji State, this was Washington. So uh, that was pretty funny. It was pretty good burn. <laughs> I liked it a lot. I do like but that. When it comes but to Missouri anyway. State, I mean Petrino is a hell of a coach, right? Mm-hmm. I mean that's been established. He turned Arkansas into a perennial national title contender, borderline. And what he did at Louisville before, he just kind of burns programs to the ground after he leaves. They go into a dismal funk. But if you're Missouri State, you really don't care because you just want to be good once ever. You know, it's like the Lions. I bet you the Lions would take a scandal the size of the love boat <laughs> in Minnesota plus like Deshaun Watson's sexual assault cases right now <laughs> to have one good season on it. Like if you asked a lions fan and they like in the deepest, darkest corner where they knew nobody was going to find out the answer, I bet they would consider it. Oh yeah. I wouldn't because I have morals and I'm a Packers fan, but they should, um, they should hire Petrino. They if he can bring, Petrino. if he can, if he can bring Missouri state from out of the dungeon into the Missouri Valley, like he can I do mean, anything. If, if urban Meyer can go out and grind with, college co-eds i mean why can't you have petrino go coach the lions and i mean the worst he's going to do is crash a motorcycle with you know one of the office girls on the back so like is that that bad compared i don't know i love we're turning this into the current events (laughs) right we're getting out of of our lane here this is this is for the record i was making fun of before we before we come back into the lane did you see what the northern colorado coach did God, I got I heard about it and I forgot. What did he do again? <laughs> he 
threw a clipboard into the stands at somebody that was making fun of his tight pants. <laughs> you know who the Northern Colorado coach is? Yeah, it's uh, Christian McCaffrey's brother. Ed McCaffrey. No, it's not Ed. Yes. It's, uh, no, that's I'm wrong. 95% sure it's Ed McCaffrey. I, you, no, I got to look it up. I was pretty sure it wasn't Ed, but I think it is no, Christian I'm McCaffrey. I'm pretty sure it is because uh, no, so this is – this no. is funny. Backstory time. Uh, my my neighbor up in Fargo, my old neighbor now, Jeff. Shout out to Jeff. I'm sure you're not listening. Um, but uh, yeah, it's Ed. I win. God damn Garrett it, it is Meyer Ed. jumps in. Hey, hey, it's Ed. <laughs> yeah, no, that's what I'm here for to bring facts to this television program. Um, but uh, no, that uh, from what I've heard, Ed McCaffrey's like not really a good dude. Really. Yeah, I don't know. Just I, I had a I had a neighbor who's like a big uh Northern Colorado fan or his 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 brother in law that came up is a big Northern Colorado fan, lives in Colorado and allegedly uh, this is just a, you know what I'm not gonna tell this on the podcast because that, that gets blurry and we don't do hearsay stuff, so that's not right. Just just suffice to say I haven't heard great things about the guy. Clarification. I, mean, I don't know how true they are or not, but um <laughs> Yeah, I'm Brennan's, not in the Brennan's office. Dog, dog making another appearance. So, um, yeah. So, clarification: Ed is the head coach. The guy yes. that threw the clipboard is Christian McCaffrey's brother. He's an assistant coach. Oh, okay. Gotcha. We were both there. Fans. It is. Look, we're getting corrected all over the place. We got FCS fans network, which we are a part of the network, so they probably got to check ourselves. FCS, uh, fans, FCS Nation. fans Nation network that we're a part of. I'm probably going to get booted for being myself um anyways he is uh speaking of getting booted uh we'll talk about that in a second here go ahead talk uh, about getting booted let's do it nah, let's well, have a when, we get, when we get to the top 25 we'll talk about it all right cool um let's move on where were we we were, we were going through valley games okay yep. indiana state went to usd usd beat them 38 to 10 apparently indiana state maybe is bad or usd is actually maybe good We'll find out when I was giving you all these stats and you told me how irrelevant they were. And then I was really right. Yeah. I remember every I'm I'm relishing it right now. It feels good. Blind squirrel finds a nut. Oh, you know. All right. Um, So yeah, USD covered there, obviously Southern Illinois thought they were going to take care of Western Illinois and then almost screwed up and lost that game. (laughs) Right. They were up 21 to zero, I think, after half. And then they ended up uh, giving up a bunch of points, which I saw somebody say, oh, our defense isn't bad. They just thought there was going to be a blowout. It's like, well, <laughs> at what point did you think that it wasn't going to be a blowout and maybe <laughs> decide to play some defense? <laughs> oh, my God. That's funny. Um, I mean, seriously, like Southern Illinois but- defense is suspect. I but that's what Western Illinois does to people. That's true. And maybe it's a Western Illinois thing. I don't know. Maybe they're like, that's the, they feast, they feast <laughs> on the, you know, end a half up by a billion soft defense. They, they're probably going into the half, like with greedy hands, like right. yes. Yes. down 21 to zero. We have them right where we want them. <laughs> We're going to get 56 <laughs> points and lose by two. 
this yes. it's all coming together now <laughs> just wait until next year we're only gonna lose by one <laughs> exactly what we wanted i'm kidding leathernecks that's a joke i didn't mean so it. i mean credit to them they they fought they put it in overtime and they they went for two they they went for the win they didn't get it they could have kicked the extra point and kept extending overtime but they went for two uh didn't get it and they lost I mean, honestly, for Western Illinois, I, I kind of uh, kudos that strategy because I do too. You know, you, you got go for the win. Play, teach your guys to go for that. We're playing to win here, and go for it. Don't play not to lose and scared when you don't have a bunch of you know when you don't have any wins yet. And they've been close in most of their games. They've been in their games. Yeah. That game down the road scares the hell out of me because it's in Macomb, and they mm-hmm. they're gonna get somebody. Yeah, they're gonna get somebody with this. They're gonna get down, and it's gonna be embarrassing as hell for whoever it happens to, because they're gonna come back from forty down and beat somebody. By two. <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, you can't. Yeah, uh, clearly they have something. Like you can't, you can't do what they've done and not have anything on offense. Like they've got something to work with. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if they actually uh, pull some wins out of it. Um, so Southern Illinois did not cover, um, not even by a little bit. Uh, Youngstown State went to UNI. UNI won that game very handily, 34-7. to Youngstown State is in some trouble. Um, you know, it's kind of right now, it's like, well, I'll recap the Valley in a second here. Um, NDSU, oh, so yeah, UNI covered that game. NDSU went to UND, the nickel game, or the nickel, what is it, nickel trophy, nickel game, whatever it is. They don't do the nickel anymore. Because I don't know, they, they still the call it the nickel. On it, but I, I don't I don't know if they do. I honestly I don't yeah, care maybe if they do. Maybe it's only on blogs. Anyway, yeah. it's a big deal for them. Uh NDSU beat them 16 to 10. Uh yep. they did not cover and UND had them on the ropes. Yeah. Um, you know, uh you know it was a close play. You know, you know, two things about there's two truths in this world besides death and taxes. Number one if their fans up north are bringing your team up for no reason at all, like just <laughs> randomly taking a shot just out of nowhere, they're scared. They're scared shitless of your team. Number two, uh, if they're bringing up plays, if they're bringing up screenshots from a game and then like fudging in penalties off of technicalities <laughs> to justify why a game was cl- close or why they got screwed by the refs, then you know that they just had the piss scared out of them. But yeah, like Chad says here, um, he says Bubba messed up and he did. That was the biggest. I, I can't believe they did that. It was the third quarter. Did you hear about what, what happened? I did not. Third quarter, UND is up by one point. NDSU's offense is done absolutely nothing and Bubba is on their own 20 yard line and goes for it on fourth and one mm. what I mean you've scored seven points the whole game off a trick play and you decide to gamble it when your defense has given up six points the whole game like I don't get it man like that you gifted them that game and because NDSU took over they didn't get any yards, but they kicked a field goal because they're already in field goal range. Like that made no sense. What are you coaching Presbyterian, 
college down there, the blue hose. <laughs> You're that high school coach who doesn't punt. Is that what we're doing now? Is this the Missouri Valley or is this the flipping, God, were they playing the uh, NEC or the Pioneer? No. Yeah. Big South. This is the Big South. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah. So that sucks. I mean, it, it would have been uh, awesome to see NDSU fall. Uh, they, uh, for some reason, are still, uh, I mean, it's because they're still unbeaten, but I think they uh, there's definitely some doubt going on up, up in Fargo. They are a little bit worried about, uh, I think they should be worried about their quarterback play um, and how reliant they are on the run game. It seems like they have yep. a running running back playing quarterback, to be honest. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't want to give any bulletin board material, but the guy just hasn't shown that he could pass the ball real effectively. And clearly they don't, I mean, unless they're saying, well, we run so the ball so well, try to stop us. But, you know, in a game like this, like they were kind of on the ropes and they still, uh, you know, I was just pulling up the stats here, but I'm pretty sure they didn't pass the ball real, uh, a whole lot. Yeah. Four of 10, four of 10 There's... in a game where they were in trouble is, is throwing 40% and they're not trusting him to throw the ball more than 10 times. So, right. uh, you know, if they if they run into well, a team that can stop the run, it'll be interesting to see how much trouble they get into. Well, and UND really did. Um, the yeah. team up north just they 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 just kept hammering away and and were able to rely on their defense. Um, Chad says the team up north not losing helps keep FC uh, college game day hopes alive. I do sure. agree. I think if they only had one loss, it still might be a big enough deal to keep us a little bit in the hunt. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it comes to that, you know, the team up north and and Patterson and things like that, it's just uh, it's interesting, you know, that that they are only trusting them to do that. I know there's a lot of frustration with their offensive coordinator and things like that. Um, but the reality is if you're only giving them 10 attempts in a game like that, when realistically they needed points for a long part of the game. That's what I mean. Yeah. And you don't try anything different. Like, Oh, Oh, that Mm -hmm. is, uh, speaks volumes. You know, uh, every once in a while, Colin Coward says something that really is true. And that is the coaches will tell you what they really think of their quarterback. Mm-hmm. by what they call in big moments. And that second half of the game, the whole thing was a big moment. And they his number wasn't called to throw the ball. Right. Yeah, so it'll be interesting uh, to see how they do going forward. Um, and here's my thing, here's my oh, thing on that with them and all that stuff is this isn't 2012. The FCS is too good this year. To get away with, we have strong, de- we have strong defense. Run ball, <laughs> run ball. Strong defense. Strong. We strong defense. Strong defense. Run ball. Back face over and over. You break like that's not gonna <laughs> cut it this year. Like teams are too good. Eastern Washington's gonna put up a billion points, mm-hmm. and yeah, you might be able to run the ball, but you're gonna score seventy to their billion, and then <laughs> like. Montana is going to shut or shut that stupid stuff down. You know, yeah. James Madison will massacre that. So will Sam Houston. We've seen it. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, that whole thing is uh, interesting. Yeah, I wouldn't be, com- wouldn't be comfortable if I was them right now. 
No. All right. So lastly, uh, we even I think this is a, might be the first time we picked against SDSU. To, yeah. To cover. And, and they went and just, covered. Just smacked in the face. <laughs> yes. Just, yeah. Oh, really? That's what you think? <laughs> Here, watch Mike Morgan scamper for 55 yards and break two defensive backs' ankles. Right. Yeah. That's what you get, you pricks. That's why you're the B team, you losers. Exactly. I mean, I, at the end of the first quarter, I was like, see, we're so smart. Like, 45 points. I mean, that's a lot of points. And then, right. And then we're up 35 to 0. Right. <laughs> like, Ooh, yeah. I don't know. Which it's was kidding. a terrible beat. Like, if you had Dixie State first half <laughs> spread, you had to be so mad. Right. Or, like, the under and the points in the first half. And then the, the total points was uh, featured we, on bad beats. Yeah, we made um, it on SVP again. Yeah, uh, because they, they scored the touchdown with, like, six seconds left on a fourth and goal from like the 20 <laughs> right it, fourth and goal from the 20 you're down by 55 you just yeah. gotta punch that one in there he throws it in between four defenders and somehow scores a touchdown so that yeah. put the game over the point total so yeah that's why it was on bed i mean that was but... his best throw of the game that was a really yeah. nice throw it really right. was that was a bullet right through a right through a tiny so, window but credit to them they got got the over but they did not get the cover all right we are behind time here, which is surprises no one. Uh, yeah. We're going to quickly look at the top 25. Did you pull that up? Uh, if I pull that up on this computer, it's going uh, to blow up. <laughs> and I I have a puppy in my lap. And if, if, I, if that happens, it's Ben's fault. And then you have a puppy death on your head. So yeah, we don't want do you that. want that on your head right now? I, I don't. I, I'm okay. not, right, I don't want that. So, so there's our answer. We'll tell you. We'll tell you that, and what we're going to do is, since we're part of the FCS Fans Nation network, we're going to use FCS Fans Nation poll, and yep. that exists of the five admins on FCS Fans Nation. Uh, they put Hello. together their top 25s and um, put it out there. Although, so, let's just say uh, one of up? them, Chris Hammond, he he shared his poll. He got he got a hard time from the A team. He's getting a hard time from me. Uh, I gave him a hard time. I'm I'm I, I'm gonna give him a hard time. No, I didn't. I didn't on Twitter. Um, I don't think he listens to this, so maybe I have to on Twitter. So I'm giving him crap to his face. Uh, <laughs> that was terrible. I mean, Captain Eye Test needs an eye doctor a little bit here. I mean, come on. But his so his, his well his reasoning is eye test like that's. No, no, no. Uh, His like, reasoning. I mean, well, you're, it's it's so arrogant. It's like you're going, I know football better than you, and my eyes are smarter than what you're telling me. And that's kind uh, of the irritating thing because it's impossible to argue against. Well, my eye test tells me. Well, yeah, but nothing else does. So right, okay. Well, like I think even more than the eye test argument, though. I think actually, I think he was not using the eye test enough because he was saying that he had NDSU preseason number one. And he's saying that they haven't done anything to deserve being dropped from there. So he hasn't dropped them, which which is stupid. Uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a way to do a poll, but I think it's a bad way to do a poll, but that's again, people can do polls. polls Yeah. We don't do do polls however they want. We don't do a poll anymore. It's a lot of work to do it. Kudos to him. And he believes in it. So that's if, as long as you believe in your poll, that's what really matters. Right. And he puts it out there. Um, that's his reasoning. He put his reasoning out there. So that's great. And huge kudos for that. I'm not going to rip him for that at all. 
Um, but um, as uh, you know, the Believe podcast, uh, BT Mafia knows we got them coming out here for the NDSU game. We got them all. We got the BT Mafia involved in their little Twitter contest and blew all the all the other fan bases' doors off, which was <laughs> awesome. So they're coming out for the marker game. And um, if you want to listen, it's fun listening. Those guys get after each other, and that's just funny to listen to when they talk FCS uh, podcast, FCS nationally. Um, but their big thing is they called everybody hacks on the FCS fans <laughs> yeah, nation right. thing. So, uh, and the 18 brought this up a little bit, but I think we need to have a certified hack of the week. And that Chris, you're the inaugural certified hack of the week, <laughs> just in honor of Sean Anderson and, uh, Joel, De Le Joe DeLeon or something crazy Italian like that, Mr. <laughs> LA. So if you guys are listening, looking forward to coming out here, I'm going to, we're going to th throw so much beer at you that you're not going to be able to find which coast you're supposed <laughs> to go to. And I would like to say, I, I really like Chris. I liked it when he was yes. a, a normal contributor in FCS fans nation. I think he's got great insights and I, I respect the guy and I like him and we're just giving him crap for his poll. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's the guy who he's, he's the reason everybody can, you know, the dozens of you can watch. Actually, it's a couple hundred every week. You can watch us on, Streamyard like this he's the one who gave us the link for that and helped us out and setting us up so yeah we're just giving him a hard time about his boy. he's a great guy yeah so we should have probably prefaced this with the fact that he put north dakota state number one and he's got south dakota state number five that's the and he's got uc davis who almost lost at idaho in at number four over eastern washington who just beat montana and has an fbs win as well yeah, and and obviously SDSU, he's there over us as well. I mean that that's the one that's indefensible to me. Yeah, no. So he's got problems with his poll, but anyway. Uh, but that's why you do an aggregate of everybody. That's right. We do have uh, South Dakota State sitting at number one in their poll with four of the five first place votes. Obviously, Chris is the one that did not give us the first place vote. Um, then you've got JMU. Sam Houston, and then NDSU at number four uh, with a first place vote. Um, usually, the number four team in a poll doesn't have a first place vote, but um, right. as as we've talked about this week, they do. Eastern Eastern Washington is number five, and then uh, we'll just look at the Valley teams. We've got Southern Illinois at eight, Northern Northern Iowa at ten. So you've got four Missouri Valley teams in the top 10, and then you've got UND at 14 and Missouri State at 15. So six of the top 15 are Missouri Valley teams. Um, you know, it's uh, we're used to this, but it still is just kind of crazy. And you don't like I don't I don't take it for granted because someday the Missouri Valley just won't be this dominant. And it's it's just amazing that we play in this division or in this uh, conference. And we still have the success we do with the quality of play week in and week out. Um, you know, we're not a Sam Houston who, you know, it's got a, a couple tough games a year and then they're just waiting for the playoffs. Um, right. So it's just, well, it, it's impressive. It is. And, you know, we're really fortunate uh, as fans that we're a part of a conference like this, right. Mm -hmm. And having a good team at the same time, because, um, 
Sam Houston, obviously, they're not soft Houston anymore. Their fans are soft Houston, and we'll get into that. <laughs> Don't worry. They're not getting away from that. Like We're going <laughs> to cry and pack our tent up because it rained. We'll get to that. But <laughs> their team's damn good, obviously. Yeah. You know, we played them in the Natty. They won it fair and square. Good for them. That's a hell of a team they got there. Now, we complain about our schedule right? in the non-conference because we had to play Dixie State and had to play, you know, Lindenwood and things like that. Well, Sam Houston a lot of times has a D2 and then to play the Southland, who, generally speaking, has been really bad. Mm-hmm. Like it was University of Central Arkansas and then maybe Southeastern Louisiana or Northwestern were good-ish, sort of. But could you imagine watching that all year? Yeah, I mean, that had to be, it's got to be boring that, to be a season ticket tough, owner. Like, man, like, that's it, tough. And like, and before, yeah, we're going to even, but yeah, that, I mean, that'd be tough. So we are really lucky to witness this level of play in the level of conference that we're in. Yeah. Uh, agreed. So that's the top 25. And let's move on to this week's picks. We've got one out-of-conference game, game that we're going to pick. It is, uh, first I should say, that the the B-team picks are presented by both Jackrabbit Central and Shenanigans. Uh, Jackrabbit Central is where you get all your good Jacks gear. Um, I showed my bottle opener and my sweet shades from last time. Um, went in there. They've actually got a pretty sweet uh, clearance area in the back. Um, if you go towards the back, you'll see a sign. And yeah, they got, they, there's some good, like you go to Shields and go to the clearance area and it's like, ah, this is the crap that nobody wanted. But like you go to right. the Jackrabbit Central clearance place and that's, that's legit. So check that out. Um, and then Shenanigans is a great place to watch. Uh, if you can't go to the game or if it's an away game, go to Shenanigans. They are SDSU Central. Uh, they got huge SDSU banners all over the place. I mean, they are, they are in for Jackrabbit football. So, um, yeah, well, they're selling t shirts now that yeah. say Shenanigans Bar, and then on the back say, uh, what Sioux Falls or Jack Sioux Falls, home of Jackrabbit Sports and Sioux Falls Some, or yeah. Jackrabbit Sports Bar. I mean, they're really cool. Um, they host all the Sioux Empire Staters watch parties for away games. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the Jackrabbit Bar. And I mean, if you're going to give your money to a bar, give it to a Jackrabbit Bar. Don't give it to some bar that's got like the SDSU game on one of the TVs and the rest of the right. stuff is whatever <laughs> some tourist would want to watch. Like go to the Jackrabbit bar. I mean, it's just cooler. Jackrabbit central. I got myself this hat. I think it's pretty sweet myself from there this weekend. Um, friendly reminder on Saturdays, they close at four. So uh, get there before that. Otherwise, you walk in to the student union wearing bibs <laughs> with yourself, your child, and your wife all in bibs. You look super goofy uh, when there's no reason for you to actually be in there because it's closed, right? And we got the uh, we got the uh, the shenanigans shirt up here. It says your Jackrabbit Sports Viewing Headquarters. So that is shenanigans school shirt. Um, I'm actually going to get one of those here. Uh, I think when I'm driving around tomorrow picking up things odds and eds for the house so i might have to stop by there yeah i like it a lot so let's get on to the picks we've got number 14 villanova going to number three jmu and jmu is favored by ten and a half what do you got in this one 
Uh, I'm going to take uh, JMU. They're going to – they never play well in Durham. Um, they almost lost at UNH, if people don't know. Um, I don't think UNH is a very good football team, but also conference play just has those things. It's like playing at Western Illinois. Sometimes weird stuff happens there. Um, so and historically they've had a bad time there. It's at home. Uh, I think they're going to be feeling a certain sort of way. I'm sure they've heard some people chattering about them, lose, almost losing to New Hampshire. So I think they're going to open a can on Villanova. So I, I will take JMU. I'd agree. I think they'll have a, a sense of urgency, and I think they'll win by 13 to 14, cover that spread. And then we got Valley game. We've got Western Illinois going to Illinois, or excuse me, Indiana State. Uh, Western Illinois is favored by seven and a half. Um, it'll be interesting to see how this goes. Um, oh, yeah, I was going to talk about the the Valley standing. So right now, kind of bottom dwellers, we're looking at Youngstown State, I think, and potentially Illinois State, Indiana State. I think those three are kind of looking like the bottom. And then Western Illinois right. is kind of on the edge of like, you know, have they just been kind of getting lucky late in games or are they bad too? Um, mm-hmm. So I think this will potentially, you know, it'll define Western Illinois season a little bit in terms of are, are they a, a bottom, bottom Valley team or are they kind of a middle one? Um, I'll take Western Illinois. I just, it seems like Indiana State's got issues on defense um, and it seems like Western Illinois has got enough firepower to win by I don't know, 10 or 10 to 13. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Western Illinois. Indiana State just ha- doesn't have the offense to stay within seven and a half. They, I mean, Western's got has shown they have a very high powered offense, and Indiana State has shown that their defense can get scored on. And so I'm going to take Western Illinois all day. Yep, agree with you there. And then we got Missouri State, who's hot right now, the number fifteen. Going to Youngstown State, and Missouri State's also favored by seven and a half. I'm again going to take the away team, which is dangerous taking an away favorite. Uh, but I just don't. Youngstown is not playing well right now, and Missouri State's uh, got something going on offense, especially. So I'll take yeah. Missouri State's cover there. Yeah, I mean Youngstown's just a mess right now. Um, we kind of knew that was coming, right? But. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not good. And God, that loss for Incarnate Word to Youngstown just looks worse and worse by the day, huh? But uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll take Missouri State with you on that one. I think they'll they'll win by ten. Sounds good. And then we've got an interesting one: Northern Iowa, who's number ten in the polls, goes to number four NDSU. Northern Iowa is a six and a half point dog. Um, I'll take Northern Iowa in this one, and I would not be afraid to go money line. I think Northern Iowa's got something going. I think NDSU is going to need to throw the ball in this one to keep up. And unless something changes, I don't think it's going to go well for him. So I'll take you and I for sure to cover and possibly to win. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. I'm taking you and I. Um, You know, depending on what the points over and under is, if that's something that looks good too. Um, I don't know if you can parlay money line and the point spread and the and the over under all together. No, you can't. So you can, don't do that. You but, can uh, do you can do money line and <laughs> in, in total or spread in total. Uh, not not, not all three. Anyways, uh, yeah, I mean, UNI's got an offense now. Like they got a real offense, and 
you and I last year with literally, I mean, you and I scares the hell out of me. That is a, re- I think they are really, really underrated right now. Um, I think they're a top five team, to be honest with you. And they, their defense, I think, is every bit of what the team up north is. Um, and I think their offense is better. So I'm, I'm with you. Give me you and I, and I give me you and I to win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the only thing is this game is in Fargo, and you know they they'll have a, a probably a pretty good crowd behind them, um, you know, so their defense could turn it on. But I just I think UNI's offense will be enough to win there. Um, and then we've got another interesting one: UND, who's number fourteen in the FCS Fans Nation poll, goes to USD, who's unranked currently, um, and USD at home is favored by nine points. Which is, uh, I don't, this one was the biggest head scratcher of all the lines that, that were out there. Um, I think UND is the easy pick here. Um, yeah. You know, nine getting nine points is kind of crazy to me. I, you know, USD's had some success, but they haven't played real good teams yet. Um, UND just almost took down NDSU, so... I, yeah, I, I think UND for sure to cover and possibly win there too. Yeah, I mean, I could. I, since the beginning of the season, I've had this as one that UND might lose. They just don't play well at the Dakota Dump. But um, nine points, I don't think they're losing by 10. I, I don't think they're losing by 10. So, yeah, I, I'm taking UND all day, which, I mean, this is one of those that scares the hell out of me because it seems too easy. Oh, yeah. You know, it so does. Give me UND. I think the line will change when you see American books come out. I bet it's closer to USD by three or something like that, just because they're at home. But yeah, because um, I think they're pretty evenly matched. But we'll see how it goes. Uh, as a whole, this week is going to tell us a lot. You know about you know like UND USD, uh, UNI and DSU. It'll tell us a lot about those teams. And then when you get to our game, it's going to obviously tell us a lot about that too. Uh, we've got number eight Southern Illinois coming into our house. We're currently sitting at number one on the poll. We're favored by 13 and a half, which is bigger than I thought it was going to be. If you if you asked me before I knew that, I was thinking SDSU by six and a half maybe. Um, right. But, you know, we've had a lot of offensive success and we've been holding teams to almost zero for a few weeks now. So I can see why the spread is what it is. Right. Um, I... I'll probably take SCSU to cover. Um, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility to win by two scores. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if Southern Illinois, um, you know, puts up a real good fight and we only win by one score. Um, but I'll take SCSU to cover here. Well, I mean, this is kind of a classic Southern Illinois SDSU game, right? Um, whether they're good or bad, they always have the offense where. Um, there's a real possibility they keep a really closer win. Like that's always a threat. Um, but I'm with you. I'm going to, and, and obviously we're, we never give the huge in-depth stuff. If you want that, go a team's got awesome breakdown of Southern Illinois, things like that. Um, I am excited that we don't have to see stone Lebanowitz anywhere mm-hmm. anymore. Um, you know, mini Manzel, as I like to call him, how he played that <laughs> game. I, I'm glad we don't have to see that again. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be uh, 
they mouthed off again. So with the five headed dragon, I mean, they're that was, yeah, that was earlier. That was before the season started, but well, yeah, but still, you can't be saying stuff like that. Come on. I mean, if you if anybody follows the splitting hairs account on Twitter, um, You'll know that one of the running backs said that talking about a transfer they added. They're a five-headed dragon in the backfield, four-headed, whatever. Five, four, <laughs> math numbers. I think once you get past four, the number doesn't matter, right? <laughs> um, and how nobody in the valley is going to be able to really stop them. Um, curious to see how that goes. Uh, got pretty pretty good defense uh, that's uh, showing up on Saturday that you're going to their house. Well, um, and and I think the boys are going to remember that game from the playoffs. You don't forget that. Yeah. I think they might come out to prove a point. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's two ways you can look at that, right? The, you know, Southern Illinois is going to have, it's obviously marked on their calendar because they're mad about losing, but I'm guessing we're not real happy about how we played and almost ended up losing to them. And so I think we're going to come out and make sure we don't let them get into the game at all. Um, And, you know, that that four-headed monster they were talking about that nobody in the Valley could stop them, Mm -hmm. they got a whopping 97 yards of rushing against Western Illinois, who doesn't have a great defense they've shown. Right. And so, and this isn't a game where you were up 21 to zero, and I'm guessing we're probably running the ball with some conservative play calling. And you got right. 97 total yards. Hmm. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah. you know what they say. Okay. Stuff happens. <laughs> yeah, it does. And no. so it'll be I'm interesting, excited. you know. And uh, you know, you mentioned Labanowitz is gone. They've got, I think, Nick Baker's his name yep. at quarterback, and he uh, he turns the ball over a little bit. He's got six interceptions. He had two against Western Illinois, who again you know, has shown that their defense is a little suspect. So um, I think our defense has a heyday against these guys. You know, I think uh, it's not going to be like a shutout like we've seen the last few games. But, um, you know, as far as the score prediction, I think we score a lot of points. Um, I think I think we're looking at like a – that's going to be too big. I'm going to go – 42 to Oof. 7 17. Woof, you're putting what since when did we do score predictions? So. I'm just saying I this is I I feel so I, I want to be involved you in this game. You are too confident in this. You're scaring me because I'm not going to be there. So I just I want to be part of part of it. <sighs> I know. I am however going to the Iowa Penn State game number 3 versus number 4. It's not better. At Iowa, I'm not saying it's better, but Boo. if you're gonna miss a Jacks game, this is oh. not not a bad game to go to. Oh, man, no. But in all seriousness, uh, yeah, they got people. You're gonna want to be at this game. Uh, they got they got ten dollar tickets for the corner seats. Um, we've had great crowds for the last two games. Even Matt Zimmer has complimented the crowds, which isn't a very common thing. Uh, for the record, I'm taking SDSU. I'm going to get the points. I don't think I've said that yet. But uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, man. This should be a back-and-forth game. Uh, you know, it's going to be exciting. I think we do pull away at the end a little bit. Um, but I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, 
looking to see that looking forward to seeing the team sharp because they've got to focus in against a real good opponent and seeing how it goes. Yeah, and I think I think it'll come down to I have all the faith in our defense shutting down their run game. Um, I think that it'll come down to their passing game and how much success they have there. Right. Um, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna have to be sharp because they, I mean, they still got a good passing offense. Southern Illinois always does. Um, right. They've got some talented receivers. Um, so yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. Um, but I think we're we're too good and at home. It's just gonna be it's gonna be a long day for them. I think so. We'll see how it goes. I wish I was going to be there. Um, if you can get there, it's going to be a lot of fun. Be a good atmosphere. Yeah, it's going to be a blast. I'm excited. Should be good weather. Should be a good day. Should be a good game. Going to go tailgate. Uh, <clears throat> I might. I may or may not have my folks with. Depends what they uh, decide to do. But I'm excited. They only have a 44 minute drive. Exactly. Congrats. And that is exactly how long the drive is because I've Googled it. <laughs> but I bet I can make it faster. So I'm looking yes. forward to testing that out. Congrats but, again to Brendan for moving to South Dakota. Yeah, we'll, one of these times, maybe next week, we'll do a, a pod at the same location. That'll be yeah. That'll be fun. Yeah, that will be fun. That, that, that's something that's got to happen. Mm-hmm. Might as sure. well now. Yeah, I mean, because we're only like ten minutes from each other now. Yeah, I mean, I used to be able to throw a football that far back and back over the mountains there. <laughs> That's not true. I, I was never good at throwing football. All right. Well, we're <laughs> we're pushing up on a minute ten here. We better we better call it quits. Um, I'm just hoping. I don't. If anybody listened to the A Team podcast, their ending "Go Big Go Blue Go Jacks" was the best one I've ever heard. It's so crisp. We're gonna do our best, but ours is not gonna be good. So bad. It's gonna be so, so bad. Here's our best effort at matching that. Oh God! Now you're gonna build it up like this could be awful. All right, you ready? No. Why do you gotta be like this? I, I got it. I got it. Oh, okay. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Go big. Go blue. Go Jack. You did that on purpose. <laughs> I did not. I did not. That was terrible. All right. Thanks, everybody. this podcast has been brought to you by jackrabbit illustrated thank you to our presenting sponsor drake's place in bottle and to jackrabbit central and shenanigans subscribe to this podcast in all of the jackrabbit illustrated podcasts and like and follow jackrabbit illustrated on facebook and twitter and go big go blue go jacks Horns down!